It has been a minute since the last episode, but there is good reason. It's because I have just been hired. And so I thought to myself after I got hired that, you know, it was such a weird and kind of new uh, process for me going into an actual career field uh, application and job search process as well as the hiring process. So this will be the first episode in a series of episodes kind of documenting my experience as well as what I believe worked for me as a fresh out of boot camp software engineer uh, getting their first entry level job. So we're going to talk a little bit about kind of what to do before the application process even begins and see where we go from there. So stick around. It's going to be awesome here on Josh Codes IRL. So first and foremost, before you even start applying to jobs, there's a few things that you need to make sure that you're taken care of. One of those things, well, two of those things really, is your portfolio and your resume. These are the two things that are going to get you in to have that conversation, that initial point to provide some context, and you want them to be good enough where they will get you in there, but you don't want them to be too flashy to where they're just overwhelming because I have definitely seen and heard of employers just looking at stuff and being like, nope, can't even figure out, uh, you know, what I'm supposed to be reading here, what what's relevant here. I know that there are definitely people, and I've heard from recruiters that they hate the two-column resumes and stuff. So how do you... How do you match that happy medium? Well, if you have just graduated from boot camp, technically you have access to a careers team. Listen, you've just paid a bunch of money, put through months of hard work, and you've got this obligation to pay them back now. So you're you you need to use their resources that they're giving you and. The biggest thing that you can use right off the bat is talking to your career coach or your advisor or anybody and saying, hey, how can I get involved with somebody to help me really refactor my resume to make it really good? Because I just feel like I want somebody to take a look at this and see what we can do about making it more optimized. Uh, one thing that I will say from my experience, like my boot camp, they had a really weird grading uh, system for resumes. It was kind of like outdated. And I knew that I needed to have something more modern and something that affected the algorithm properly because LinkedIn and Monster and ZipRecruiter and Indeed, all of those places, they 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 switch it up pretty regularly to kind of make sure that nobody can game the system too badly. Uh, but yeah, I just, I would go to your careers coach and make sure that, you know, Hey, is, can you help me with my resume? Is there anybody else that's more, that's on the careers team that, you know, has a little bit more experience or expertise on resumes and portfolios? Cause I would like to look both. So get those checked out, make the adjustments, 
make sure that everything is mobile friendly. If it's a web page, right? So you're hosting it on GitHub Pages, or you're hosting it on Vercel or Roku, or wherever you're hosting it, that allows you to have that live and accessible to potential employers. And also make sure uh, that it's good to be used in an algorithm for, uh, you know, if you have that PDF resume, make sure that when you upload it, it's going to be good for that. Which let's go ahead and transition into the next thing that you want to do after you're done with that social media and job boards. So absolutely 100%. If you haven't already, you need to make sure that they look clean and crisp and that you're signed up for them. Glassdoor, LinkedIn, Indeed. Those are the three primary ones that I looked at. The secondary ones that I looked at were Anchor. Uh, I'm sorry, not Anchor. <laughs> Angel, Angelist, right? Angelist.io. Um, and kind of like some startup websites uh, that I was looking at. But primarily speaking, we I was looking at LinkedIn. And the reason why I looked at LinkedIn and also why I purchased the premium because I had the, the spare money to be able to do that, which I highly recommend you do that uh, because it helps so much. And we'll talk a little bit about that in just a second about why it helps so much. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in the job search. Right now we're pre-job search. And you really, really, really wanna make sure that your LinkedIn specifically looks clean because that's I've had the most success from LinkedIn specifically because of their search algorithms. And you're gonna get a lot more attention. You have a lot better ways of being seen on LinkedIn than you would from other platforms. So absolutely 100% make sure your LinkedIn looks great. When you submit your resume, it should fill out some, some certain things for you automatically. Um, I would absolutely recommend not to take the skill assessments. Do not take the skill assessments right off the bat. Don't get distracted by that. Um, I There are a lot of things that I had a difficulty with coming right out of boot camp. So what, coming right out of boot camp, I couldn't even get the JavaScript or the CSS, uh, <laughs> the CSS badges because there's a lot of things in there that we just didn't go over and I didn't have time to really, you know, kind of push those skills to the next level. So it's kind of like a waste of time at this stage, but you'll get more time to kind of work on that and prep to kind of get those badges if that's what you decide to do later on down the line. They do help a little bit, but for the amount of effort that you're putting in, it's probably more of something you want to do after you find your first job. Uh, that's just my opinion. But anyways, yeah, make sure your resume is matching on all of them. Don't get mixed up with outdated resumes. Anytime you make adjustments to the resume, you have to go to all of them, which is why I recommend selecting three um, job boards and kind of making those your main focus, unless you're recommended by any of your career coaches to go to a certain website, um, right? That's that's where your main job search will be going. So you set up your job boards, you set up your social media. Um, now, well, not necessarily your job boards. Job boards are a different thing. So a job board helps keep track of where you are in different hiring processes, as well as where you've applied to, who's rejected you, um, why they've rejected you. It lets you see the different postings uh, and kind of keep track of, okay, 
So I was really interested in this role. This was the job title. These were the requirements. Here's some real common things that are in this. Like, okay, this is, I worked on Angular in my bootcamp, or I worked on React in my bootcamp. Well, these jobs are all saying view. So that's a big high skill. That's what I'm going to note down as something that I need to work on and I need to build up. Oh, this one's utilizing Docker as a technology. And I've seen a, quite a few of those and kind of keeping track of that helps a lot. Uh, it also helps you keep track of how many applications you've done as a total and kind of lets you know, hey, I'm slacking a little bit here or on this week I didn't submit as many as I would like. So kind of it, it's so great for organization and for referencing. Also, once you get that phone screen, you should have you know, access to that original job posting for which you applied the day you applied to it, to it and you'll have all that reference. So like before the job screening, you can go and like, figure out, okay, this is the company, this is the posting, let me go to their website, let me check out their, uh, you know, their mission statement, their values, let me check out how big they are on LinkedIn, what other jobs do they have available here, are they legit? It also helps, you know, kind of like, give you an idea. It's just quick access for everything, checking out and making sure that it's not a scam. So this all helps later on down the line. The platform that I used for my job board was Hunter, it was recommended and, and actually required by my bootcamp so uh at thankful and i really loved that platform really loved that platform it was so great because it also had an extension in google chrome and i would look for something like that to be added into any type of like job tracking board so that you can easily add in and fill in all the information that you need with like a couple of clicks and you're on to the next job it just saves you time so you've got the job board, you've got the social media set up, and you are now just about ready to start applying. But one of the biggest things that you need to kind of consider, and this is probably going to be the bulk of today's episode, is talking about your schedule and your goals. So it is so very important that you have a schedule. And that you're able to manage your time well so that you do not experience burnout, so that you do not kind of – that you don't get too down on like if you get a couple of rejections, if you – so that you have the time to develop your skills even further to make you a better asset, to possibly also make time to do practice interviews and uh, you know algorithm practices and stuff like that to – kind of give you a leg up on those interviews that you're going to inevitably have. The biggest thing you want to avoid is the anxiety that comes in. You want to be able to be cool, calm, collective, personable, all of these things. And so this is so imperative. I think it's the most important part of the pre-application and job search process, specifically because it, it, it helps your mental health and it let, helps you keep organized and not get overly stressed. And especially in a job search, you want to minimize as much stress as possible because you're dealing with finances, you're dealing with other things outside. And if you can limit and really focus in on the time that you have and that you set for yourself, then you're going to be much more successful than somebody who's just going on and just hitting easy apply for three to four or five hours a day until they can't move, 
they can't even process stuff. And then they decide, oh, okay, well, I'm going to take a long break. And they never get a chance to look at projects or anything like that. So let's talk about the schedule. So there are, there are about six to seven things that you need to consider. <clears throat> so you want to set up your goals first. You need to figure out how many jobs per week and how many jobs per day do I need to apply to? Um, we'll talk a little bit about all these, like kind of like in detail here in a second, like about how my schedule was, but that's first. How many jobs per day and how many jobs per week do you need to apply to? How many meetups are you gonna do? What's your networking look like? What days will you be doing this? How are you going to plan that out and adjust that? Do you have time for practice interviews? Does your boot camp offer practice interviews? Thankful, absolutely did. You talked to your career coach and they would send you a practice interview if you had something coming up, send you a token to use on skilled and you'd be able to have an actual interview based on whatever technology that you, you know, were interviewing for, whether it be PHP or JavaScript or, you know, C sharp. C++, et cetera, right? <clears throat> so what about time for projects? Want to make something new? Want to learn something new a little bit every day, right? Even if it's just for a couple of hours, you want to make sure that you put in some time for projects. They're super important. Can sometimes make better capstone projects than what you had during your th uh, time in your boot camp when you put this together and work on things that you really are passionate about at your own pace and algorithm practice for those technical interviews. You definitely want to go on to algo expert and stuff like that and, and try all of those uh, different algorithm problems. You can even get certifications like, Hey, I completed a hundred questions and throw that up on your LinkedIn when you get that done eventually. But most importantly, what are your days of rest? Days when you do not touch your computer, do not look at your email, go outside, do some family time, get your mind off of the job search. This is so overlooked by most people that I see that are in the middle of a job search who have just completed a boot camp. This is... It's stressful and really nerve-wracking, and it's a lot of mental strain. And quite frankly, if you don't give yourself time, you are going to break. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You need to give yourself rest. You're going to be able to come back refreshed, and you'll be more productive and more effective. Once you've gotten a little bit of rest and... You've had a little bit of inter like enjoyment, entertainment, and stuff like that, but away from the computer, away from technology, is what I encourage. But you know, whatever. If you if if something else is soothing, like playing a game, playing a video game, go for it. If you want to go out and have some time with friends, I know that there's a, still a lot of concern with the pandemic, but regardless. If you are open to doing that, go for it. A couple weeks ago, you know, about two weeks before I 
was hired on at my company, I went out to a deer lease and I was with, you know, four friends and we went out to a deer lease and we just camped and we went out and moved some deer corn feeders and we moved some, uh, moved some equipment, went four wheeling, like mudding. And for those of you that don't know what mudding is, it's fantastic. You should do it hundred percent. Just go out into a big old, you know, mud pit and drive a Jeep or a four wheeler or anything around. It's great. You get dirty, you get messy. It's super fun. A bunch of adrenaline going up hills and stuff like that. Fantastic. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Uh, but that's probably the Southeast Texas, uh, you know, country boy growing up kind of thing with me, but fishing, I, I love going fishing. Um, we did a little bit of a gun range, you know, just kind of like, Anything that interests you, you could go hiking. We did a little bit of hiking as well, just kind of exploring the trails out there. Um, it was off season, so we didn't have to worry about anybody, you know, shooting out randomly. Um, you know, it was it was just a really great time to be out there with in nature and away from everything, and it helped me become get back to normalcy a little bit better. Um, and a little bit more easy. I felt refreshed and felt so invigorated and fired up once I got back. And I was, I was, it was just a, a game changer for me. So I cannot stress enough. Give yourself days of rest. I recommend two days of rest, including Friday evening. So Friday evening, you're going, you're, that's your time. All Saturday, Sunday morning. Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, you start planning for the week ahead. Um, that's when I kind of gathered up a kind of tentative schedule of what I was doing. And that was typically I would wake up in the morning and I would give myself an hour to go on a walk. I would give myself some time to like take a shower, you know, do whatever I wanted to do. If it was just to zone out or anything like that, make a little breakfast, even if it was just a cup of coffee and some microwave pancakes, which don't sleep on those microwave pancakes. Y'all those little, the bagged uh, microwave pancakes that you can get in, uh, in Walmart and such like that. The buttermilk ones don't sleep on those. They're actually really great. Um, if I was feeling really fancy, I'd, you know, pull out some overnight oats that I made, you know, the night before, if I had a little bit of time, and uh, grab those or just make some fresh oatmeal. Uh, you know, something that was really good filling that I could get my brain kind of running. Uh, try to limit the amount of caffeine. Um, that way it was easier for me to get up and have a good sleep schedule. But yeah, I would give myself that hour. And then I would take the morning. Uh, I would typically wake up at around 9 a.m., 10 a.m. And... Uh, I would take that hour and then I would do 20 easy applies on LinkedIn minimum. Uh, and then I would also do some regular applications throughout. Uh, and then I would get lunch and after lunch. And once I had met my goals, I would spend the rest of the afternoon doing either some learning, doing, uh, you know, YouTube walkthroughs on stuff that I 
was unfamiliar with or that I wanted to learn, which would also equate to projects, or I would do meetups, or I would do algorithm practice. Um, I would rotate those out throughout the week, and sometimes I would split the day. It would really depend on what I had going on that week. If I had an interview, then I put more emphasis on kind of like if there was if I knew that there were going to be algorithm practices, I was in coding challenges. I was doing a little bit more on algo expert. And if I knew that it was going to be kind of like whiteboarding or a full on code test building, dealing with a new technology that I wasn't familiar with, like I had an interview, a take home coding project that had me use Docker. I never used Docker in my life and it was trying to utilize containers and you were trying to containerize a application that they had made and you were trying to put that together and show that you could use Docker. I couldn't figure it out at all. And I was not expecting them to send me a code test like that. So I took a note of that and I started, you know, kind of if I saw an application or I got a call for something that had Docker, then I was going to put a little bit more emphasis on trying to learn more on that. Uh, luckily, I did not get into a position where I had to use Docker. Not that Docker is not a great technology. I just did not enjoy it. Uh, it's not not something that I am is my favorite thing to work with. But it was really great learning that technology to be familiar with it so that maybe in the future, if I am in a position where I need to, then I can utilize that. But yeah, it, it really depends. You just basically, you know, make the plan follow the plan, something goes wrong, something you need to be flexible with, throw away the plan. Uh, you know, kind of one of those things. Um, you also need to do one last thing in your preparation for your application process. And that is to determine your wish list for a job. What do I mean by a wish list for a job? Well, What's your salary range that you need? Do some research on the salary ranges for the average, the median around, and make that your salary range. And we'll talk about a little bit more about that in salary negotiations uh, episodes in the future. But where do you want to work? Do you want to stay local? Are you open to moving? Would you prefer a remote position? What type of role are you looking for? Do you prefer a back-end position, front-end? Are you willing to do quality assurance? Do you want to do DevOps? Do you want to do full stack? Are you interested more in just being a test engineer? What interests you? What do you want to do? And finally, the benefits. Now, some people may think that benefits are not, you know, the biggest thing. Some people are more interested in the salary and making sure that they're remote. I know that was top for me, but benefits are really, really important. Uh, they dictate how much time you're going to be able to take off in any given year. Um, how many weeks are you going to have for vacation? What's the sick leave policy like, especially when we're in the midst of a pandemic and these things kind of come up, any natural disasters and stuff like that. Like I live in Texas. I live on the coast, hurricanes hit, they're not fun, especially because I live on an island in the southeast of Texas. What happens if a hurricane comes and I'm flooded out and utilities are out? 
you know, I don't have internet access. I can't really do my job effectively. What happens at that point? You know, how are they structured? Do you have 401k matching? Can I prepare for my retirement? Here's a big benefit that gets overlooked that people don't really kind of attribute to benefits, but like continued learning. What type of benefits do they have for, you know, continuing education to build on the stuff that you already know and what the company knows and to also look at other different frameworks, how to build out certain features, you know, what different types of technologies are coming out. What can you do to do all, like all of these things? Do they have a company Udemy that you can take all the courses for? Um, is there, you know, books that you can order through them that the company will pay for? Um, will you be able, will they pay for like tickets to conventions when, you know, those come back, please conventions are awesome. <laughs> um, all of these different things that you could get an opportunity to build your own skills, you know, they'll pay for that. That's a huge benefit that I would, that I absolutely would recommend that you have questions about and ready to take on, um, all of these things you have to be, you have to set your goals and you have to set like your A tier, your B tier, your C tier, right? Your A tier are like, make this like one or two things that you're like, I will not budge on this. This is an absolute necessity. For me, it was a remote job. I wanted to be remote. I absolutely wanted to be remote and I was able to find a permanently remote job because that was the deal breaker for me. If it wasn't remote, I was extremely not interested in the position um specifically because it had nothing to do with the pandemic and everything to do with me being able to have the freedom to work from anywhere so um that was my biggest thing um salary range is a little bit different from a b c tier um i would put an a b and c tier salary range right instead of just like having that placed in one section I would say have a salary range in your A tier, have a salary range in your B tier, and then have a salary range in your C tier. And the C tier is pretty much like, I'll deal with it, but I'm going to be looking for another position. Not that I'm going to tell you that kind of thing, right? So um, try and go for the A tier and, you know, whatever happens, your first job is just going to get you in the door. Um, you know, if, you, if you're open to moving, you definitely need to be like, to narrow down like, where you're interested in. I think it's a lot easier to say like where you're interested in moving and where you're not interested in moving and every other city and every other area is kind of like up for grabs or like pick an area, right? So I want to move to the West coast. I would like, I would like to move to the East coast, but I do not want to live in the Rust Belt. I'm not going to Utah. I'm not going to Oklahoma or, you know, Montana, or I definitely don't want to be snowed in in Minnesota or Chicago, you know, kind of stuff like that. Those are the things that you have to, nothing against those cities. Like sure. They're great. Never really been outside of Texas, uh, since I worked at Wheelfield, Right. And, uh, but, uh, you know, that's some people have their preferences, but narrowing down those preferences ahead of time are what's going to really, really, really help you in the long run. And that is kind of my spiel on, what you should do uh, before you even start applying. So we are going to kind of take it 
from here and we'll leave this as our first episode in the series. I hope that you guys and gals and everyone in between have enjoyed this. And if this has helped you, please uh, give us a rating, give us a like, all that stuff. We're on so many different platforms. Uh, Spotify, Anchor, we're on, uh, let's see here. <laughs> uh, I, I keep forgetting because, you know, Anchor does all of the platforms for me, so it's fantastic. So Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, all those places, wherever you listen to podcasts, shoot us a like and give us a rate as well. It really helps the show, and it will help us be able to kind of reach more people in the algorithms. So please give us a rating if you like it. And also, if you go to the uh, my if you go to the podcast's webpage, the URL page, um, at anchor.fm slash joshcodes-irl, then you can actually send a message and get a question in. And any questions you have, I will be happy, happy to answer for you if they weren't addressed in the show. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in, and we will see you in the next episode of Josh Codes IRL. Thank you.